workforce and workplace norms are shaped as much by popularized portrayals as they are by our lived experiences. From sensational headlines, like The Great Resignation, to successful series, like The Office and Silicon Valley, to skits and stories shared on our social media feeds, what we see shapes what we believe. Let's go behind the scenes to discover what's new now and next in the world of work, and we'll challenge the traditions of what it means to live well and to work well. This is Success From Anywhere. Today on Success From Anywhere, we'll meet the entrepreneur who's challenging the myth that you have to quit your job to see the world. Please welcome to the show, founder of the Travel Coach Network and author of the book, Hey You, Just Go, 80 Countries by Age 30, a guide to designing your dream lifestyle even if you're broke, scared, or don't have the time. Sahara Rose DeVore. Welcome to the show, Sahara. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Since we're talking about the world of work and challenging nine to five. I like to ask each guest in this season, what was your first nine to five job and how did that job influence your career trajectory? Yeah, I mean, as I, in my teenage years, of course I worked various jobs, but I think my, I guess the restaurant industry really doesn't qualify as nine to five, but it has the <laughs> attributes of a nine to five, right? So it has someone that dictates your schedule and when you can take a vacation and when you can't. Um, I, w I used to live in Chicago when I was studying um, hospitality and tourism management, and I was working countless jobs in order to save enough money uh, for post-graduation to be able to travel. And so I worked several nine-to-five jobs. Um, I worked some nine, uh, some, for some nonprofits, but the majority of my time was spent working in the restaurant industry. And that's, even though it was a good experience and a fun experience, that was probably the catalyst to me realizing that I wanted to be able to take control over my career path, my, my schedule, and my sense of quote unquote freedom. So realizing so early that you wanted agency and influence over the hours and where and when you worked means you were a little ahead of your time. You were kind of visionary. Most people aren't having that realization, you know, during their university years to the same degree. Yeah, I don't know where it honestly came from, but I, I am someone who always followed my gut and that really showed throughout my travels, obviously, as a solo, solo female traveler, that I had to listen to my gut and intuition as well. But I had that same feeling early on that I, look, we, as simple as it is, we only have one life. And if we want to wake up being happy and excited to do what we, you know, just living every day, we have to make tough decisions. And I knew that when I was working these typical nine to five jobs, or in the restaurant industry, that there were days when like, if I was feeling a little under the weather, or if I just wasn't wanting to face being so social for the day, I wanted to make the choice that, hey, I could just stay home, or I could have flexibility in my schedule. If I wanted, of course, to take a vacation or travel somewhere, I didn't want someone limiting when I could, for how long I can go for. I wanted to make my own decisions in all of that. And as I was working various jobs, 
and the older I got, I realized that, you know, I'm not going to settle for something that just to have a job. I want to be able to make sure that I'm enjoying what I'm doing every day. The word settling that you use there is symbolic of our times. I mean, this pandemic pause in, in big and small ways helped lots of people realize what they're settling for that no longer serves them. You know, people are no will, longer willing to have this dream deferred of the big bunch of trips when you retire or living your dream. And what fascinates me about your career path is that you do a job called a certified transformational coach and a wellness travel coach. And it's interesting because I've heard of an athletic coach, a health coach, a career coach, a life coach. What is a wellness travel coach? And do we all need one? What do you do? What's a day in your life? Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for asking. Well, if I could start first with talking about the settling. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that now during that uh, the past few years during the pandemic and as we come out of it, uh, it really allowed, those years allowed people to reevaluate what matters most to them. And we're seeing more of self-care uh, being prioritized, family, personal time being prioritized. And we're seeing that within the great resignation and people hesitant to go back into their traditional nine to five or corporate world that they were pretty much glued to pre-pandemic. And it just shows that as the industries grow and technology and social media grows, there's more opportunities than ever before for people to create their own business or work online and make more money that makes them happy with that sense of flexibility and, and sense of freedom than they ever thought was possible. Um, and then when it comes to uh, travel coaching, travel coaching in general is a very broad term. There's a wide range of travel coaches who focus in a, so many different areas of expertise. But me, myself, uh, as a wellness travel coach, I knew that traveling, travel is healing for all of us in such a diverse way. It means something different for us. And every time that we plan a trip or want to uh, go on a trip or just the, the yearning for travel is a root of some sort of wellness. We're needing an emotional wellness boost, a mental wellness boost. Maybe it's physical wellness boost social, we crave human connection, we, cra we crave uh, discovery, self-exploration. It all fa falls under the category and the umbrella of wellness. And that's really what I do as a wellness travel coach because the wellness travel industry, tourism industry is built upon the spa industry. So when you, if you were to Google wellness travel or a wellness travel vacation, you'll see a lot of wellness centers, yoga retreats, uh, five-star hotels with luxury spas, uh, great fitness centers, and everything else under those categories. But wellness, our travel is wellness and wellness is travel. And we're seeing a lot more um, types of experience and types of wellness in a travel experience. It's a lot of transformation, a lot of self-healing, a lot of um, multi-generational healing as well. So when I was interested in becoming a travel coach and I started my business uh, and I wanted to focus in wellness, I took a look at how, wellness, how travel was benefiting me. I've always been someone who struggled with pretty bad anxiety. I had bouts of depression coming throughout and coming out of university. At 22 years old, I didn't know who I was, what I wanted out of life, um, 
who I wanted to be, what kind of life I wanted, uh, as many young 22-year-olds don't know. And I didn't realize just how beneficial travel would be for me until I booked that one-way ticket to, to Europe and started my backpacking journey that turned up, uh, wound up being over a decade of traveling solo. And I got to learn and hear about other, why others turn to travel. And I hear the stories of to heal from a divorce, to heal from or to cope with the loss of a loved one or a child or a pet, to build their connection with their partner and their spouse, to find themselves again in this new journey of life, whatever it might be, all of that is under the umbrella of wellness. So I always found it interesting that the wellness tourism industry was very um, structured in its wellness experiences when I said, if we take a look at travelers themselves, why they really travel all has to the roots of wellness also. So I educate and work with companies and, and platforms to diversify wellness travel experiences. And let's talk more about this. I mean, someone listening might confuse what you're doing with being a travel agent. And yet, as I understand it, you don't necessarily plan itineraries or bookings. So what would a travel coaching session with you look like? What are some of these activities? Give, it, give us an example. Maybe you coach me right here on the show. Briefly, how would it work? Yeah, well, one thing, honestly, about travel coaching is that just like the travel industry, I like to break barriers of definitions. Coaching doesn't also have to be one-on-one -on -one or group coaching. I myself don't personally work one-on-one. -on -one. What I do is on a grander scale, um, and I develop uh, programs and trainings, education sessions um, for anyone in charge of the travelers. So HR, travel managers, the business travelers themselves um, for company education resources. So I do a, a different approach to travel coaching or traditional coaching, but there are many travel coaches who do work one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, I always wanted to make a bigger difference or make a bigger impact in a bigger way. And that's why I chose to go to work with companies themselves. And employers are more focused than ever on employee wellness. And they're trying to get creative about what are the benefits that you can offer. And for those listening, I mean, this isn't just the idea of a university student who went backpacking and, you know, just wants to keep traveling. I mean, your program is legitimately certified in part of International Coaching Federation, and it makes it possible for you to do work with employers and organizations. So tell us more about some of the programs you do for employers to benefit their employees. What do some of those examples look like? Yeah, well, the Travel Coach Certification Program, the ICF accredited, International Coach Federation accredited program is for travel coaches themselves. Uh, but what I do is I create programs for, like I said, companies, HR, travel managers. And what those look like is having them take a look at their travel policies, uh, their vacation parks and incentives for their uh, employees. What are their corporate uh corporate wellness programs look like and do they embody anything centered around travel? And when I talk about travel, it's not necessarily just the vacation part of it. There's many aspects and elements of travel that I talk about. Uh, of course, when it comes to the vacation aspect, there's the traditional vacation. How is How are you supporting uh, your employees on 
take, using their vacation days? How are you encouraging them? What kind of support do they have on the planning process? Is there anyone that you uh, supplied them with or what kind of tools do you have for them? Because let's face it, we're not all avid travelers. We don't all travel to 84 countries. Um, and therefore travel can be overwhelming, intimidating, and the thought could be it's too expensive. So companies have to prioritize providing the right support there's a study that the U.S. Travel Association did back in 2016 or 17 called Project Time Off. And it's a really great resource. And uh, what they were talking about is part of it was why people, especially in the U.S., were not using their vacation days or using them um, appropriately. So meaning not just staying home and not just continuing to work. And some of the, the things that the employees reported was that they didn't feel like their managers wanted them to take their vacations. They didn't feel that they didn't even know what, what their, how many days they could take off. They didn't know how many days rolled over from last year. They didn't have the support to talk about their vacation. They thought that they would um, be out of the running of a promotion or that their job would be compromised if they did take their vacation. And when I think about that and I say that, it really just makes me laugh and blows my mind because we all need time to ourselves sometimes and travel is such a healing um, aspect in our lives. And so one is talking about the support centered around vacation policies, but the other is also uh, things like sabbaticals. We're hearing more about uh, remote work. What kind of oppor opportunities and flexibility are there for, for employees um, volunteering, volunteering abroad is quite common. Also, traveling with their family. What kind of support do families get for travel vacations, or single single moms, or even the corporate leaders who may not take advantage of t using their vacation? There's just a lot of research out there that talks about the mental, physical, and overall wellness benefits of travel on those who work in the workplace, and. The idea that the information is not being implemented or amplified really is a disservice to the corporate world. Did you know that 68% of workers say a hybrid workplace is their preference? Make hybrid work for everyone with Robin. Robin is the industry-leading flexible workplace platform for connecting people with rooms, desks, and each other. We've helped companies like Peloton, Toyota, and Hulu build better workplace experiences. Plus, we integrate with the tools you already know and love. To learn more about how we make flexible work a reality, visit www.robinpowered.com. You highlighted a couple important steps. I mean, as employers, if we're focused on making sure our employees are living well and working well, part of that is making sure they're taking time to refresh. You were talking about statistics. I just read a study uh, that Qualtrics came out with that said only about 27% of U.S. employees used all of their allotted paid time off in 2021. So the struggle is real. How do we change the conversation in the workplace and normalize this behavior of truly unplugging and taking a pause? What's that going to take from your point of view? Yeah, I think that employees really need to speak up. It really is an employer's employee's world right now. Um, Hence, there's the, the balls in the court of the employees. Employers are looking to have people come into the office to fill uh, positions in the workplace, and they're struggling. 
Um, but therefore, the employees need to speak up and tell the employers what they're looking for, what they need to thrive, what they need to be well. And it isn't always just another app or another yoga session or instructor that is put into the workplace for you after hours. It's not just a revamped uh, gym that they might need really for the employees to speak up, but also the employers to ask and don't assume as well, right? Because wellness means something different for everyone. But company culture, as you know, is a very hot topic right now on boosting company culture, not only among remote workers or remote teams scattered around the globe, but also to promote and build DEI and diversity in the workplace. And if we take a look at two common factors among diversity and remote work it, under the umbrella of company culture is travel. People want to be flexible in their work schedule or where they can work from. And also when it comes to diversity, traveling the globe, we meet a huge part of travel is understanding, accepting, and learning about a wide range of cultures, belief systems, backgrounds, traditions, and more. So why not embrace the concept of travel in, in the workplace in a wide range of ways and really help boost your company culture when people really do want to talk about their vacations. They want to talk about their personal traditions from the country their, fr their family is from. They want to share their experiences. And if you think about it, anytime that we have met someone who could be a friend we're talking to, it could be a stranger we're talking to when we talk about travel. Travel is such a bonding conversation that it really speaks volumes and companies are really just missing out on this because they think that travel must mean we're spending dollars to let people travel and they're not going to do their work. And that's really not the concept. If anything, if it's done correctly, it can have the reverse effect and really boost the entire company. I hadn't thought about travel as a strategy companies could use when you're thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And I mean, I call to mind some of my own experiences. I, I certainly haven't been to the same number of countries you have. And yet I spent a period of time living in Peru, South America. And what I learned from that immersive experience was invaluable. And prior to the pandemic at Salesforce, we offered these volunteering options of being able to go places and do everything from help study and clean up water in the Galapagos Islands to, you know, elephant habitats. I mean, every kind of version and travel as a common denominator and a common language fascinates me because it does remind us that we have more in common than what we have as different. And when you and I met for our Authority Magazine interview, you made what I thought was a bold prediction. Travel will become a key element in every corporate wellness program. And my question to you is, how do you coach companies to get started, right? Because somebody listening is like, that sounds great, but it's expensive. We have other priorities. I mean, what are some small steps that every employer could take to start looking in this direction of travel as a wellness benefit or travel as inherent to your diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy? Yeah, I mean, that's a really great question. Uh, when it comes to it's too expensive or we have other things uh, that are priority, 
wellness is top of priority. If you don't have employees who know that you care about their well-being, employees will not be in your workplace. And also, if you're not caring about the well-being of your employees, they're not going to be productive and creative and as efficient as you would like them to be, right? So everyone should be prioritizing well-being. Um, the whole culture of the workplace and people ourselves is completely shifting. And travel is a common denominator in all of that, too. So uh, a couple first steps would be, one is to have someone in charge of that. And that's what I am for. That's what I do. I am the expert in it, and everyone is wearing multiple hats in companies these days. As they try to get people back to the workplace, they are trying to reorganize what their uh, company structure looks like and moving forward and making up for the last uh, couple years. But I'm someone who thinks in the future. So of course you can't just think about what you're doing right now. What does it look like long-term and also it's those companies that are thinking long-term when it comes to the well-being and the needs of employees are going to be the ones who are thriving in the future because we're not going back in time. Technology, social media, the internet is only going to get more advanced, meaning there's going to be more opportunities than ever before for people not to have to go into the workplace. And we're already seeing that. So where do you think the future is going to lead? So it's a reshaping of the mindset. So what I do is starting with education, educating companies on exactly this. Why is it beneficial? Think outside of the box of your traditional way of thinking about vacation policies and traveling in the workplace, right? There's so much more layers to it. Like you said, you didn't think about it as an attribute of DEI or even company culture, but it really is. Um, and so those are the first two steps is having someone in charge of it, someone who's going to put the attention that it needs and also starting with education. And the third one would be taking a look at what you do offer already and taking a look at whether we can amplify that or re revise it as well. So, <laughs> so when I think about what's happening with the great resignation, so many companies are struggling to attract and retain top talent. And I think about the role a new travel strategy might play in helping either attract talent, retain talent, or have people we're more excited and refreshed and energized about the experiences they're having as employees now. And I'm guessing you have some kind of success story or use case or statistic in this area that you might be able to share with us. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at just um, people these days, generations, I mean, I'm a millennial and before the pandemic, so the 10 years I was traveling pre-pandemic, we, uh, the idea of a digital nomad or freedom-based, quote-unquote, freedom-based lifestyle, the flexibility and freedom tend to have been put on, labeled from the millennials of free-spirited, careless millennials who are just hopping around the globe and then waiting to settle down some point in their life. And we're seeing that's not the label that is just on one generation. If we take a look at the generations um, coming after the of uh, millennials, those younger than me, they don't have to go into a nine to five job. They're making more money online than a lot of people in the workplace are. So just taking a look at the, how the culture has already changed is a, going to be a big example of, you know, 
changing the mindset moving forward when it comes to providing what people are looking for. Um, and it doesn't have to be that difficult. If not everyone is an entrepreneur, not everyone wants to start their own business. So there's going to be people who want to work for companies, who want to go into the workplace. Flexibility and traveling around the globe is not for everybody. It's not desired by everyone either. So that's why it's up to companies to figure out, well, what can we offer and how can we treat and satisfy employees based on what it is they need to really be well mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and all, and their desire to have that fulfillment, that time with family, that flexibility, that all desire at some, at, to some degree too, right? And what you're saying is important. You know, the pandemic surfaced myths and misconceptions that we've all held for a long time about when work happens and where work should, I'll use that word loosely, happen. And the reality is work from anywhere is possible. To your point, the technology and tools exist. And now it's us challenging our belief system that says, does it really have to be nine to five? Now, lots of people listening might be thinking, well, if you don't have structured work hours, how do you get things done? And I'll pose this to you because you're the expert. You have worked from all over the world. You have a business. How do you think about making sure you get to do what you need to do for your work and what you need to do for your life? I guess, what are your best hacks for successfully working outside of the confines of nine to five? Yeah, uh, that's a really great question because it's something that I'm sure has crossed a lot of people's minds, especially those who are new to remote work or the option to work remotely. Um, it's not easy, first of all, but why I, some things that I do to be able to stay productive and I've been building my businesses for the past four years without a blink, uh, or hesitation, hesitation in anything. And I think the number one thing is that you have to be passionate about what you are doing. And I know passion working with a passion or building a business from a passion is kind of a woo woo concept, but you really have to be interested and excited about what you're doing and what you're working on, because then it's no longer a job and it's something that you enjoy doing. Um, when it comes to working for a company, yes, you may not be just as passionate as the CEO or the founder of the company are, is but if you people are looking for companies that value them because when you feel appreciated and you feel valued you feel understood you feel cared for you're going to do the work and put in the work and effort for that person who's making you feel that way or that company's that making you feel that way and that's a big that has been such a big problem people in the workforce with the roaring burnout epidemic that was happening in the workplace pre-pandemic Many studies were talking about how um, company people didn't feel appreciated. They didn't feel acknowledged. They didn't feel valued. They didn't feel like their company understood or cared that they had a life outside of the workplace, that they had family and health problems and personal dreams and goals. They also fe didn't feel fulfilled in some way. So working for choosing a company that you can work for 
that really values you and your work and your time and effort can replace that passion from the entrepreneur side. Uh, when it comes to your daily schedule, I have to be very structured in what I do. Uh, of course, not everyone runs their own business, but running your own business, there are wide range of tasks to do every single day and amount of work, and you have to make it manageable and digestible for yourself. So I have to be very structured in my to-do list for the day, um, but then integrating parts of the day that are for me. So making I make sure that I get time outside in the sun. When I was traveling around the world with my laptop, I close it at a certain time of the day, or I went to the local market and got some food. So I made sure that I was breaking up my day in a way that fulfilled me. But everyone has to ask themselves, how can I be the most, how do I thrive in the most productive way with my schedule? Because not everyone can sit there on a computer for as long as maybe I could. But it takes some self-reflection and asking yourself questions you may not had to in the past when you were working a typical nine to five office job where someone else dictated your schedule and your time for you, right? It's almost what routines, rituals, and boundaries help you show up at your best. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're talking about travel. We're talking about human connection, which is a fun aspect of travel, the people you meet. And so I want to have a little bit of a spontaneous travel experience, a spontaneous, let's call it water cooler experience, and ask you five fun questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So you're ready to change channels and just imagine, you know, we've bumped into each other in a random bistro somewhere in the world in our travels. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. <laughs> what time of day do you do your best work? Early in the morning. I, I'm a morning person. So you'll be up for the sunrise. Okay. If there were no dress code for work, how would you dress for work? Um, there are two answers. One, my traditional answer when I was traveling would be in some beachwear because I was always running to the beach in between my calls or work because I'm a beach bum. Um, and then my second answer is, well, I'm back home in my hometown of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so there's not really a beach near me. So therefore, it's my pajamas. <laughs> Comfortable. I'm hearing that as the key theme. <laughs> uh, what's the part of your daily routine that you most look forward to every day? Work-wise or personally? Your call. Um... What do I look most forward to? Um, honestly, well, what I look, I love everything I do in my business, so I look forward to all of it. Um, I really like when I get to um, tune in with members of my Travel Coach Network and help them as much as I can. Um, the other part of the day that is a more personal side that I really look forward to, honestly, is dinner time because then I sit down with my meal in front of some reality TV and watch that with my fiance and my dog. Guilty pleasures. I love it. If you could have any job in the world, what would you do? Honestly, I'd be doing what I'm doing now. That's awesome. You are literally living your dream. And now imagine that there are 25 hours in every single day. What are you going to do with your extra hour? 
you said there's five hours, five hours. 25. Imagine 25 we add hours. one hour. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that the day now has 25 hours instead of 24. Yeah. What are you going to do with your bonus hour? Um, what would I do with that extra hour? I would try to think of like something more like realistic or not. Um, I would just spend more time outside with my dog. My dog is, I feel guilty sometimes because I work indoors and we don't have a yard yet for my dog and she uh, loves to be outside. So I would spend more time with her out there. Fantastic. Before we conclude, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they find a travel coach for their organization or personally if they're looking for one? Yeah, well, you can find us at thetravelcoachnetwork.com or on Facebook and Instagram at The Travel Coach Network. I myself am at sahararosetravels.com with my wellness travel coaching or on Facebook and Instagram, Sahara Rose, The Travel Coach. Thank you so much. And what I took away from our conversation today is that travel is a benefit that every employer and employee can revisit that leads to greater wellness, well-being, higher performance, and higher loyalty. Start by creating some accountability. Make sure there's clarity about your PTO policy and then get creative about what's possible to reimagine everything from sabbaticals to volunteering to time away. Thank you to Sahara Rose DeVore, founder of the Travel Coach Network, for taking us around the world in less than 80 days and for sharing strategies to blend our daydreams with our day jobs today on Success From Anywhere. Because success is not a destination or a location. Success is available to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Oh, 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 oh,